It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast. Hi, I'm Teresa. And I'm Amy. We are two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can find it. So, Teresa, what's the bright spot last, last week? Yeah. was... Um, I have to say, my oldest, we hung out and did, you know, just some ridiculously fun errands. Oh, which yeah. I, Time I in the car. Would, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just I love it. chatting and um, we moved a lot of furniture. They okay. were mocking me because I like to rearrange things, but it was just good, good family time. Oh, I love so, it. Yeah. I heard about this really cool nonprofit, Adicia, started by this Rhode Island mom of four, Navin Salem. Uh, Navin uh, is the founder and CEO of one of the world's most impactful food product companies. Hmm. Yeah, she created the first U.S. factory to produce Plumpy Nut, a life-saving peanut butter paste that is distributed worldwide. This therapeutic paste is used to feed starving children around the world. She partners with UNICEF, the World Food Program, USAID, USDA, and others. Um, so it's an actual paste? It's a paste. Not... It's a packet. Okay. A packet. That, that you add water to? No. Or... It, they just, oh, eat, it is... just eat the just pack. The okay. Just the paste. Okay. Yeah. This, so this nonprofit has helped nourish over 15 million children wow. across 60 countries. And this really sweet thing, she credits her dad for inspiring her to start this nonprofit. Uh, began in 2007 when she went to visit her dad's birthplace in Tanzania. Mm. And she saw firsthand the malnutrition of the children. And just she felt that it was 100% preventable. Mm-hmm. And was shocked that this, was, this issue was getting very little attention. And it's responsible for over 5 million deaths of children each year. Mm-hmm. These hungry children seriously changed this woman's life. So back home in the state, she learned about Plumpy Nut from the World Health Organization. Plumpy Nut is this, like I said, peanut butter paste treatment to, to treat severe uh, malnutrition. It was inspired by Nutella spread oh, okay. and was invented in 1996 by this French pediatric nutritionist, uh, Michelle Lescan. Uh, I don't know. hope I'm saying the same <laughs> right. But anyways... But this mom on a mission had no qualifications, no experience. She was a stay-at-home mom with three kids under five. Uh, wow. She was changing diapers, doing laundry. Yet she just felt like she couldn't wait for mm-hmm. her kids to grow up. So then she could, you know, pursue this passion yes, to help. I love it. So, which I just, I just love that too. Yeah. Um, so she truly believes we can end childhood hunger. So Naven phoned these French inventors of Plumpy Nut. Mm-hmm. They hung up on her a couple times. So... She obviously had some wear as well, but she <laughs> flew to Paris and met oh, with wow. them. And they have been partners ever since. So uh, just a ba- story of the the name, her company name, Adicia, I love it. It, it is after the Roman goddess of uh, food who presides mm-hmm. over banquets and plenty mm-hmm. in the ancient mythology. And mythology states that uh, she ensured high standards of food. And Adicia comes from the Latin verb Eat eddies and which means to eat, which is oh, kind of okay. cool. Mm-hmm. But it's a very fitting name for an organization committed to nourishing hungry children around the world. The source um, over four, they source over forty five million pounds of U.S. like raw materials to create this, which equates to one hundred and seventy 
1,454 baby elephants. It's kind of a cool visual. I read that and I thought, repeat so, that one more so time. So 170,454 baby elephants. Oh, wow. So it's kind of wow. like this massive herd, yeah. you know, yeah. but but that creates over 1.5 million cartons of these of this food. So like I said, over the past 12 years, she's this organization has uh, fed 15 million children. But the great part of this is now these children are able to go to school and be educated, which is really, really awesome. And nowadays, Naveen takes her girls with her all around the world. She doesn't want to just stop there. She wants to open a new plant. She runs her current factory 24 hours a day, which wow. I think is pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. And, you know, she credits her dad for her success, for instilling those initial beliefs that led her to starting the nonprofit. And he's just been a role model coming to the U.S. for college education. He had that desire to do something more with his life. And he's just been a model of compassion. And apparently there's just a lot of emotion in this company because, like, his her dad writes thank you notes to every single donor, handwritten oh, notes. Oh, I love that. And she hires refugees. So she has um, refugees from 25 countries that make up the 110 employees. That's so awesome. Which is enough. It's just like a whole yeah. picture, which I just found. And each one of those lives are changed, and they, you know, it, it right. continues. It, it continues on. ripple effect. Yeah. And I, she, I guess the reason why she did that, she just feels that they understand what it's like to be on the other side yeah, of that of aid. Hunger. And yeah. I just, I just love this woman's heart and her tenacious spirit. You know, I, that's and I, I love her name. I know. One more time, it's Navin. Navin, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yes, great story. Lizzie Velasquez isn't a name most of us know, but when I've mentioned in classes things about the world's ugliest girl, I'm saying that in air quotes, they somewhat know who I'm referring to. Lizzie was born with Marfan prodroid syndrome, a condition that affects her eyes, heart, and bones. She also has, and I know I'm butchering these, lipodystrophy, which doesn't allow her to gain weight. It leaves her easily fatigued and appearing like you might break her if you Aww. hug her too tight. While she has a name for her condition now, she spent the majority of her life not knowing and and really being the undiagnosed girl. Oh, gosh. That's going to be hard. Oh, my gosh. And if you watch her videos, it's just heart-wrenching. But I recently read her book, Dare to be Kind. Of course, the name. I love the name. The, the name's yep. a good name. And I had to watch her documentary, A Brave Heart, the mm-hmm. um, Lizzie Velasquez story, and a few of her YouTube posts. Lizzie's been a scrapper since birth. She was just two pounds, 10 ounces. Oh, my goodness. So when she was born, her dad could cup his hands and hold her little body yeah. in his hands. Yeah. I just can't even wow. imagine. Yeah. Well, it was apparent something was wrong with her. The doctors had no idea what it was. They, the genetic markers, you know, didn't give them any clues. So for Lizzie's mom, this was especially difficult. Yeah, I can't imagine that. Even though her pregnancy had been normal, giving her every indication that she'd have a healthy baby, she wondered in the back of her mind if she had something to do Aww. with her daughter being yeah. born with this condition. Mom guilt. Sure. For sure. Yeah, that's got it. Yeah. And doctors just couldn't help with answers. But in the meantime, her parents raised her like a normal kid. Well, I mean, a normal kid in as far as um, most of it, except she had all sorts of medical procedures, tons of surgeries, testing galore. Lizzie wasn't as interested in labeling her condition 
or maybe it wasn't that it was a priority in her mind. Yeah. She was, you know, living as the undiagnosed girl so long that it kind of seemed, she kind of just got comfortable with that. Right. It felt safer for her. But her mother, on the other hand, was quite the opposite. Aww. She was the one that really yeah. was encouraging the testing. She wanted to figure out what it was. She wanted answers. Right. Her mom wanted to make sure it wasn't her fault, which I totally get. Yeah. And her father was a little more hesitant, I think, mainly because he was concerned that they'd find things that they didn't want to know, okay. like life expectancy no, and whatnot. Yeah. It just right. fear. Fear, yeah, which I sure. totally get that, too. That, that, yeah. But for Lizzie, answers meant, you know, more medical appointments, right. more testing, more needles. And keep in mind, this girl is fragile. If right, you look at right. pictures, she's tiny. And just getting an IV going, an easy procedure for most of us, would often result in collapsed veins and oh more pokes. Right. So more pain. Having, you know, for myself, having had chemo and my fair share of surgeries, I've had plenty of needles myself. And there was one time where a nurse inserted a needle into an IV and, the, and my vein rolled. So oh. she had to keep poking around looking oh. for it. And it was so incredibly uncomfortable. Right. Um, oh my gosh. And, and I'm sure that's just a fraction of what Lizzie feels. Right. You know, pretty much every time she's poked with a needle. She didn't realize she was different until school. Lizzie often hid behind things in kindergarten to avoid the looks and the stares, which just breaks my heart. Still, she made friends and really was pretty outgoing, or at least what I would consider outgoing. In seventh grade, she tried out for the cheerleading team. That's awesome. I know. It made her parents pretty nervous for obvious reasons. I mean, if you look at her, she just is frail, but um, she wanted to do it, so her parents supported her. I can't imagine the toll that it took on her parents. Kids are cruel. Um, Her mom, you know, especially, it just made her nervous. Her dad was an educator, and every year he'd take her to school, start off the year with taking her to the classroom and letting Lizzie introduce herself. So I know it probably made her extremely nervous doing that, but it also helped her feel better. I'm sure it was extremely difficult, but it gave Lizzie enough confidence to start the year off. Yeah. So, she made the cheerleading squad. That's awesome. And in that documentary. I mean, I'm shy. I don't know. (laughs) In that documentary, um, she even giggles because she said that everybody made the team. So, but still, for her, it was huge. Yeah. Well, it made her parents uncomfortable seeing their daughter thrown in the air. Lizzie, (sighs) can you, I, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Lizzie loved it, and they, of course, supported her. She had her quinceanera and looked like an absolute princess at the party. The video clips in her documentary show a very happy young lady, totally innocent, looking very naive. Yeah. A young girl who was so happy with life, had so much going for her, and was completely unaware of how radically her life would change soon after that birthday celebration. She was at her computer looking up music or something teenager-like on YouTube when she saw an icon for a video that looked like her. Oh. No way it could be her. After all, she hadn't uploaded anything. So out of curiosity, she clicked on the icon, seeing that the name of the video was titled The World's Ugliest Woman. Picture! I mean, oh, I just... Uh, oh, my gosh. It was her. Yeah. Oh. And the blows just kept coming. She scrolled through all of the comments. Oh. Her bedroom door was open, and she could see her mom in the front room. She tried to hide her pain from her mom, crying into a pillow to hide the sound. Lizzie knew that it was painful enough for her and the pain her mother would feel. 
she just knew it would be magnified and, and she didn't want her mom to experience that. But she couldn't keep it from her mom forever. Her mom obviously knew, knew something was going on. Right. So the video was bad enough, but the comments were awful. Even more disturbing was that when the family asked for this person to take yeah, take the video down. down, they refused to. Oh. They said they just would keep posting it. They just that's would put not, up another that, one. That's talk about the ugliest thing. I, I yeah. I, I mean I, that's pretty ugly. I mean I don't. I yeah, just don't get that. Yeah, I don't either. In other words, it just it was a useless fight because even <sighs> if they got that one taken down, right. it was like whack a mole. They'd have another one put up or whatever. So it just it, it was worthless. I just I can't imagine the pain that right. Lizzie felt. I can't imagine the pain that the parents felt, even right. their siblings. It. Oh, just being a mom, the pain and rage. The mother bear part of me, I, I would be really, I'd be really having a hard time with I know. that. And I know. I'd have to be praying to keep that down out. No, I, I just can't even comprehend it. Yeah. The easy thing to do would be to cower and to hide. Right. I think that's what I would want to do. And yeah. Just protect it, and hide. Yeah. Pretending it didn't hurt. But Lizzie from birth had never taken the easy way and she wasn't going to start with wow. this. So odd as it sounds, she turned her attention to YouTube, the very place that had caused her so much pain. Wow. She created her own YouTube channel and started posting videos. She talks about, in her book, building resilience, something she's been working on her whole life. She also talks about using negativity to climb, wow. which reminded me a lot of Michelle Obama and her reminder to go high when others don't. Yeah. Which I, I, I just love that concept of using the negativity to continue to climb right. higher. Instead of allowing her negative com uh, instead of allowing the negative comments and painful experiences cripple her, she's channeled it for good, which I so That is so admire. awesome. Yeah. Lizzie's used her stories, her voice, and her pain to be an anti bullying advocate. She feels she's telling everyone's story. As she started gaining followers and becoming famous, hearing from her supporters, she was reminded of her role, something she takes uh, very seriously. She's joined forces with the Megan Meyer Foundation, a nonprofit fighting cyberbullying. Megan Meyer was a young lady from St. Louis who endured her fair share of bullying. Her mom would tell her to ignore it or worse, try and fix it. Megan was teased about her legs being heavy. Kids called her a fat cow, an elephant. They made noises in the hall as she walked by. The Myers even decided to give Megan a fresh start at a new middle school, which seemed to do the trick. She was back to her normal self, a happy, goofy kid who enjoyed oh, life. Yeah, I. It's just it's a painful age anyway, right. and I. I mean, this mom just tried to do the best she could. Sure. But the happy Megan didn't last long. Megan had talked her mom into a MySpace account. Oh, wow. Yeah. Her mother carefully monitored the account. But when a hot guy named, who had named, you know, Josh Evans sent her a request, Megan had begged her mom to accept it. She allowed her. She still was monitoring the account. Josh had told Megan that she was beautiful, and they developed an online friendship. Neither Tina, who was the mom, or yeah. Megan had any idea they were being catfished. Oh, gosh. This was actually a mom oh, who no. lived like four houses down, um, who apparently they came up with this plan because the mom thought that Megan was saying things behind her daughter's back, so they thought the best 
route would be to, you know, come up with this fake person Uh and get things out of Megan. So anyway, just horrific. But within five weeks, Josh, who was actually the mom, turned on Megan, getting two other girls involved, one being her daughter, and telling her that no one liked her. Megan wasn't a nice person. And according to Tina, Megan's mom, the nicer things on there were calling her a whore and a fat ass. Mm -hmm. Those were the nicer things. Oh, my gosh. So, once again, Megan's mom tried to tell her to ignore the bullies, which is exactly what I would do. Right. You know, don't let it bother you. Yeah. But Megan didn't see it as support. She told her mom she was supposed to be on her side and ran to her room. Obviously, just devastated and upset. About 20 minutes later, Tina, the mom, had a terrible feeling. She ran up to Megan's room, and Megan was hanging in her closet. She had hung herself. She was rushed to the hospital and died within 24 hours. Tina had had, so the mom and Megan had been planning her birthday party, her 14th birthday party. They had party invitations on the table, but instead, Tina was going to be organizing a memorial for her daughter. And I, I, it's just heart-wrenching. In December of 2007, Tina decided to start a foundation in Megan's name, which I think this is beautiful. Yeah. Creating something helpful out of such tragedy. The goal is to support and inspire actions to end cyberbullying. Tina travels the globe now, retelling Megan's story in hopes that it might encourage change. She gives talks to schools and reminds parents that 75% of the kids being bullied don't share it with their parents. Yeah. That's... Huge. I'm shocked to hear that. As adults, we need to do a better job listening. Right. And she pointed out validating our young people and and actually listening and 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 with you know, not just giving them answers. Right, right. These two women have taken extremely difficult situations and turned them into triumphs. For Tina Myers, she's working on getting anti-bullying legislation passed and saving lives with her story. One young man approached her after a talk she gave, and he said that he had been teetering on taking his own life, but with people checking in on him, yeah. inviting him to hang out, yeah. and stand and standing with him against bullies, he didn't resort to it. Right. So I think it just was really nice for her to hear that. She was making a difference, and I think it's a good reminder for us too right. to be reaching out to people because Check you in. never yeah, exactly yeah. Check you in never in. know. Yeah. For Lizzie, it started with that anti-bullying video on November first of two thousand ten. Well, actually, it started with her parents setting a good example for her. Her father reminded her to forgive the guy who posted the horrible video, which. I can't forgive him, and he didn't do a thing to me, but I just wanted to list a few of the comments because I don't think people really understand just how cruel bullies have been to Lizzie Velasquez. So on that video, things like, kill it with fire. Why wouldn't her parents abort her? Shoot yourself. You know, put a paper bag on your head. It just, the list is endless. And the thing that really bothered me, the likes that people would click on to those they comments. Like those comments. Yeah. I don't get that. I, I don't at all. When she talks about building resilience, that's been part of her training. Right. I mean, right. she's had to endure that. She talks about the myth of positivity. Instead of being positive all the time, we have to give ourselves permission to feel all the feels right. in order to be authentic and actually make a difference, which I did really admire that. Yeah. I can see why Secret made her one of their anti bullying 
warriors oh. in an ad. Wow, that's I cool. know. Very cool. She's traveled the world giving talks, been interviewed by Katie Couric, The View, and even gone to Washington with Tina Myers, oh. yeah. um, Megan's mom, to work on passing the Safe Schools and Improvement Act. Her book, Dare to Be Kind, is a powerful reminder that hurt people hurt. Yeah, yeah. Kindness begins at home. And you can't judge a book by its cover. I love that she talks about Mr. Rogers, oh, I, yeah. which someday we need to do. Oh, he would be a good one. Yes, yeah, I have. I Yeah, he's on my list. She noted his popular lesson from his mom to look for the helpers among the hardships in the world. Yeah. But for Lizzie, she suggested that we take it a step further and be the helpers. Be the helpers. Oh, so I love that that play yeah. on both, you know, Gandhi and Mr. Rogers. Lizzie also addressed the 2016 Stanford rape case where two graduate students from Sweden rescued the victim from further harm. They didn't walk away and pretend not to see the situation, but they decided to get involved and stepped in, thus um, preventing further harm. It they I guess at the time and I don't remember this, but it um, prompted a lot of memes that said "Be the Swede." Okay. So we need more helpers, more Swedes, and more kindness in the world. Oh, my gosh. For sure. She also noted, and this is a total tangent, but there's a thing in Australia called blind date with a book. Oh. Where the book is covered with paper, so you have no idea really what you're getting. Yeah. But it's a great way to branch out and read new genres and gain different perspectives. More importantly... I feel like we need to do that with people around right, us. for sure. Total side note, I know. But I just found that interesting. And maybe someone listening in Australia can fill us in with what this that, yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Very cool. I just, I loved her book. I loved her documentary. And I started following her on Instagram because I'm inspired by her message. She closes the book with a call to action. Oh, the, the title, yeah. Dare to be Kind. If she can endure the endless negative comments. Yeah. She still, after yeah. all what of a, her stuff, she what still a warrior. gets on the daily. Yeah. Exactly, on the daily. I can definitely push myself a little more to reach out to be the sweet. Yeah. So, I'm, very I'm inspiring young Very lady. inspiring. In those tough moments, the bravest thing you can do is reach out, admit what's happening, and ask for help. Lizzie Velasquez. To be honest, I don't... Engage in social media much. <laughs> I know we're still trying to get know, our Facebook thing going. And I really only use YouTube for how to's videos and stuff. I don't follow, you know, social influencers per se. And quite frankly, I don't see them as a positive part of the internet. I don't understand the whole concept of being famous just to be famous. And I could care less about how many followers someone has. Right, being, right. You know, know that. And, um, YouTube fame is not something that even registers with me. Now that I say all that, my youngest son told me about a YouTube celebrity that made me rethink my whole position on the power of YouTube fame. James Stephen Donaldson, it's quite a mouthful, goes by Jimmy, but he's better known by his YouTube name, Mr. Beast. Have you heard of him? I have not. I bet you your kids have. Okay, I'll have to ask. Jimmy started off at the age of 13 trying to become an internet sensation. His first... He tried to do videos of himself playing video games and explaining what he was doing to beat the game or strategies on how to win. Those didn't pull in the viewers he wanted, so he started trying things nobody else had done. His first viral video was simply him counting from one to 
a hundred thousand. Oh, wow! So that got ten tens of thousands of views. So he did one to two hundred thousand. Now I can't even imagine just sitting there counting that high, let alone watching someone else do that. But apparently it was People a hit like on the it. internet. I know. It just blows wow. my mind. It's interesting. Interesting is what I mean. I mean, you know, what, <laughs> what people know. find interesting. In another video, he kept a fidget spinner going for 24 hours straight. That's impressive. Mr. Beast continued to do more stunts like this and started to gain a large following. Eventually, he hired some of his t- childhood friends to help him stage more elaborate stunts. Oh, wow. At the end of October in 2020, Mr. Beast's main YouTube channel has 72.6 million followers. Whoa. And he has like 13 billion views. Holy moly. Yeah. Has the 11th highest subscriptions of any YouTube channel. And Jimmy has a crew of 30 that help him with his various YouTube channels. Much of what he does, he's famous for, is very ridiculous and sophomore. He definitely does things for attention to get viewers, much like other YouTubers. However, what makes him stand out from other people is that he actually helps random strangers. So I can get behind this guy. Mr. Beast is a masterful marketer, and he's Mm. learned to use his team and brand with some major companies, including some video game companies. He's used these connections to do some pretty incredible things. that's awesome. This is what my youngest Nick was telling me about. In the last few years, Mr. Beast has given $100,000 worth of items to homeless shelters, donated $32,000 to the Wounded Warrior Project. That's awesome. This is just a fraction of things. Provided $70,000 to the St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, given $10,000 to a local animal shelter. These funds are funded through deal brands with various corporations and in-video ads. I just think it's so awesome that this young guy... Using that platform for good. good. That's so great. I still wouldn't watch him count from one to 100,000 or one to 200,000. But I'm glad that he's using it for right. good things. Mr. Beast has also teamed with other YouTubers in a project to raise $30 million for the Ocean Conservancy wow. to end... So he's an environmentalist, too. He is. He's taking care <laughs> of the oceans. So they're funding to remove uh, a ton of waste and plastic from the ocean. The goal is to hit the target by January 1st of 2022. In another collaboration with a YouTuber influencer, I think that was from NASA, I want to say. Okay. But Mr. Beast organized Team Trees, which was a fundraising challenge to raise $20 million for the Arbor Day Foundation and plant 20 million trees. In May of 2020, Team Trees had gathered $22 million wow. in donations That's for the great. Arbor Day Foundation. So each one of those were going to plant a tree, yeah. which is Crazy. Awesome. Mr. Beast also does other things that some people would consider publicity stunts, but actually help people out. One time, just before Christmas, he stood outside of a bank in a poor neighborhood and handed out cash. One lady wanted to go home and see her family for the first time in five years. He gave her $4,500. Another person said she needed money to pay medical expenses for her husband, who had just had a heart attack. Boom, $7,000. And it just goes on and on. He set up a free car lot in a poor neighborhood and just gave people cars. 
Yeah. Now he's able to do this because people are helping has, him. Right. But still, his. he's using his name for good. That's now he started targeting low-income communities by adopting five different communities each month for food giveaways. So far, he's given away more than 550 million pounds of food to needy oh communities and has no yeah. plans to stop. I love that he's young and he's yeah. doing big things. The videos on YouTube of these giveaways are amazing to watch. The reactions of the people receiving these gifts are just so heartwarming. The kind of manic glee of Mr. Beast in his persona is just fun to watch. He has a good time giving away money and helping other people. That's so awesome. You can tell he totally takes joy in helping others. And yes, I know that this is all part of the publicity stunt yeah. and a way to get more views, but I think I, I totally... I'm all for that kind exactly. of stuff. I mean, that's great. But at least Mr. Beast has chosen a way that gets him views and fame that also directly helps other people right. in a very real way. And gives awareness. Exactly. People become more aware. For people that wouldn't have right. wouldn't have known. Right. For the people he gives stuff to, it makes a very real difference in their lives, and I'd like to think it inspires people to continue to help right. others. So many influencers are out there only concerned with their fame and their fortune. Yeah. They revel in their selfishness, showing off their fancy cars, designer handbags. Well, a lot of times, you know, borrowed, not even theirs. Right. And it just really, I think, encourages and brings out the worst in humanity. I love this guy, and that's why I just, I have to applaud Mr. Beast. Well, his stunts are never going to get my attention. His yeah. spirit, his spirit and For his sure. goal has definitely made me a huge fan. Yeah. I got I to check him out. <laughs> the fun part. <laughs> Getting to know each other better. So question number and one. Holiday time. Holiday time. Holiday time, time Teresa. Favorite Christmas tradition. I love getting the tree up the day after Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sadly, my family is annoyed with me because usually on Christmas, I'm also taking down ornaments. You're like, Because Christmas is over. Right. But, um, yeah, I love, like, as soon as Thanksgiving is over. Doing it. Stuff, I, put mine up, up. I put mine up last year just because it was such a weird year. I put it up last year at Thanksgiving. Well, so we are doing the Thanksgiving forest. Our tree okay. is up this year. It doesn't have any ornaments. It's right. just, and it's not lit or anything. But just something. Um, just so that, yeah. That's to nice. be a little bit different. And Spencer will be home for a very short time for Thanksgiving, so it'll be a little bit... Just something. Yeah. That's fun. Favorite Christmas memory? It's kind of funny, but I think going shopping with my grandparents, and oh. I had to have been... I just was, you know, young in grade school, and it, it only happened one time. Right. But we went Christmas shopping and then made, like... Remember those spritz like oh, cookies? Oh, my mom made those. Yeah, yes. with the little and then gun? you put the well, yeah the yeah, yeah. sugar. So yeah, yeah, that was it. Oh, because it happened one time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it meant a lot though. Uh, favorite Christmas movie? Lots of them. Oh me, yeah. Um, Bishop's Wife with Cary oh, Grant, and then it was remade into yeah. Preacher's Wife with okay. Denzel Washington and Whitney Houston. Um, Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, that's cute. Love that one. Yeah, It's a Wonderful Life. Of oh, course, that's it's a given. Yeah. Christmas in Connecticut. I've not seen that one. Oh, it's yeah. really, really good. I've yeah. got to see that. So, I have a lot. How about a gift you received or given? Their favorite, kind of something meaningful or... Nick's girlfriend gave me Rosie the Riveter ornament. 
Oh, that's sweet. Which, it was just very thoughtful that she knew how much I like Rosie the Riveter right. to get me. That was thoughtful. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows I love Star Wars, but not everyone knows that I love the girl power Rosie right. the Riveter right. persona. Favorite Christmas song? Probably Carol of the Bells. Oh, yeah. Followed with Barbara Streisand has a Christmas album, believe oh, it or not. Yeah. And she has a song on there that's like... Jingle bells. Okay. Yeah. I just, it's I just, so was, good. yeah, because it's like one of, what is it, 103.3 is playing Christmas. Oh, yeah. And I think I heard a Barbara Tyson song, but I don't know if it was that. Jingle bells, jingle bells. It sounds like she's on crack yeah, or something. Yeah. 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 It's like really and bad. And she kind of is really soft. Yes. Spoke, soft and It goes spots. down and then it goes up. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I can't bring myself to listen to 103 yet because okay. it's, it's well, Thanksgiving I've, isn't here yet. I've got, so, yeah. you know, seventh grader. So. <laughs> okay. Fun. Standing for right when it's unpopular is a true test of moral character. Margaret Chase Smith. Thanks for listening to Tangential Inspiration. We really want to hear from you. Email us your comments or story suggestions at tangentialinspiration at gmail.com or leave a comment on our website, tangentialinspiration.com. Our website has all our podcast episodes, show notes, stories, follow-ups, and links to websites and books we talk about. Like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, and you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have a great week.